Thanks for tuning in to the Beer Mighty Things podcast, your place for education and happenings for all things craft beverage. I'm your host, Kyle Reiner. I hope you obtained some value from our show because, as you know, far better it is to Beer Mighty Things. Cheers. Welcome in to the Beer Mighty Things podcast. It's what you listen to while you brew. Also, it's in your ears while you drink beers. I just came up with that this morning. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, today, uh, we have another special guest. As always, they're all special, but uh, you know we continue to bring you uh, the best we can here. So uh, this gentleman makes being a CPA look fun. Um, I think I like to think that uh, I make being an insurance agent look fun as well. So nice. uh, please welcome in this morning, founder of Small Batch Standard out of Jacksonville, Florida, Chris Farmond. Chris, how are you? Hey, Kyle. Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm doing great. Very welcome. You got some sunshine down there in Florida or what? You know, we we do. We, it, it was hot all week and then we had a storm roll through. I think the Southeast had a nasty storm roll through and okay. it's actually 57 degrees right now. So it is, hmm. it's chilly for Florida. It's still nice though. You know? Oh, it's beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, I like that weather. I was down, uh, I, I hit... I went to nine breweries in uh, Delaware yesterday, just stopping by, grabbing a bite to eat, introducing myself to some places. I had some scheduled meetings. You know, it was actually the first time I've been in person. It felt like, like, holy shit, I just threw it back to 2019. Like, it was nice. So, Max, I'm, I'm dying and, to get back on the road, man. Yeah, yesterday was the first time everybody was like, yeah, come on down. So, That's but I awesome. went to see the beach, right? I drive to the beach, Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. It's pouring rain. I'm like, of course, you know, the whole drive, it's pouring all day long. It poured, but, you know, I got to see the beach, see some waves and, uh, you know, take a pause to just kind of listen and be present for a moment. So that was cool. That's great. So, all right, my friend, well, you are a CPA um, by trade here. So how'd you get into that? You know, did you know early on, you know, that you wanted to be a CPA? You went to school for that? How'd that come about? So I did, I actually did not. Um, I went to school for general business. Yeah. And uh, my family ran a CPA firm in Jacksonville here for uh, coming up on 50 years now. But at the time, uh, in college, I was into stand-up comedy and improv. No way. So, uh, yeah, it was it was uh, awesome. a fun. I, I emceed uh, Coconuts Comedy Club for <laughs> a couple semesters and then found the local improv troupe and really dove into that. After college, I moved up to New York City with a buddy of mine who had a job at Lehman Brothers, and I chased a, an improv career for a short 13 months. And That's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. I, 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 but I quickly realized that it was going to take a lot longer than 13 months, and yeah. I was more into developing what I was going to do rather than um, chasing the improv. So yeah. came home and the biggest joke of it all was I went from living in New York city as a single guy making, I don't know, 1200 bucks a week in cash yeah, running to, you know, working at a restaurant yeah. to governmental and not-for-profit auditing, which <laughs> dude, for the listeners, <laughs> that's the pits. I mean, that, the, that is the, 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 I mean, I, some people enjoy it, I guess, but it is pretty brutal work. Um, so did that, uh, went back and, and, and got my credits to sit for the exam, took the exam, passed it. Meanwhile, was really getting into the technology of accounting. 
you know, worked, worked there for, worked with my family for seven solid years, doing a mix of auditing, tax, accounting, and really developing my passion for technology. Mm. You know, 2010, I decided to go out on my own and wanted to be the premier technology accounting firm of North Florida. And uh, on October 1st, 2010, I opened up my own place. October 3rd, I had a panic attack. Yeah. Oh, Full man. on panic attack. The, the, the impetus for the panic attack was that, you know, technology is just a tool, man. It, it's not yeah. a differentiator. Yeah. Sure. I could have built a niche in that. Uh, you know, at the time I was working with uh, a local brewery here and, and saw the complexities of it. And, and one of the commitments I made to myself when I left the family firm was I was going to build a niche, right? I knew uh, specialization was an area that was, you know, unsubscribed for CPAs. You know, we're generalists. We're the last generalist industry out there, right? You have doctors that are specialists. You have lawyers that are specialists. But accountants, really, they take any, any work. And it was unfulfilling work to me. It was unloyal, unfulfilling. People would come. People would go. And I saw niching as a specialization Personally, I was into non-alcoholic fermentation. So kombucha, sauerkraut. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always had that. I was health conscious at the time. I still am kind of. But, <laughs> at the time, that's uh, gone out the window. <laughs> right. And I really enjoyed that, that process. And when I had a glimpse inside of a craft brewery and how complicated it was, I began exploring developing a niche. And really started showing up to conferences and I started showing up to events and guild festivals, anywhere where craft brewery owners were, were gathering. And at that time, owners were showing up and pouring beer, right? They don't yeah. do that anymore. They, they have teams yeah. and staff. Yeah. So every event I'd go to, it would be all tables, all owners. And I would, I would yeah. just ask them questions. Hey, who's doing this stuff for you? It's pretty complicated. And I just got crickets. Mm. Crickets. The more crickets I got, the more validation I got. Yeah that there was, there was an opportunity to, to build a niche here. Yeah. Going back to the complexity, man, I, I've said from day one, running a, bit, running a brewery is hard-ass work. You're running yeah. five business units under one roof, right? It's not professional service where you're just offering a service or two. You know, you have a retail component, you have a manufacturing component, you have an inventory mm-hmm. component, you have logistics if you're self-distributing. Yeah. All of this has very complex compliance plus just day-to-day accounting. Mm-hmm. So really the niche was born out of there. And, and then I began looking at the ownership profiles of breweries. I identified three of them early on and nailed down one that I wanted to go after. And it was, it, it's been, it's been a slow slug for the past decade. Um, it's been a slow calculated slug. And, and I say that because there was a lot of education that went into, Hey, this stuff's complicated and you guys, aren't used to paying for it or you're used to paying for it, but not getting any value out of it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to deliver service and a product that is far superior than anything you've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And it's going to cost money. So, you know, it's, it's only been the last three to four years where brewery owners are moving out of that working in the business and working on the business and, and yep. understanding that you need solid partners yeah. to, to grow the business, right? To grow Absolutely. their their operations value. Yeah. Okay. No, that all makes sense. Um, 
know, we talk a lot about niching and a lot of these, you know, podcasts. And I, I'll always say, you know, when you try to chase two or more rabbits, you know, you, you don't get any of them. Um, and right. when you, uh, when you chase that one rabbit and do it really well, um, you know, that, that's where you build that trusted advisor role. Um, awesome. Right. So yeah, so small batch standard, you know, your, your kind of tagline here on the website is uh, you're the premier financial agency built to serve the craft brewing industry. Everything we do is in the service of helping craft breweries, distilleries, and cideries grow profits. So uh, you're definitely certainly doing that. I've, I've seen that. I know, uh, you know, we have some folks in common that we, we both work, both work with. And, um, you know, uh, when, when I say Chris Farman, they say, Hey, top notch. So I appreciate that. Thank uh, you. Kudos to you guys for, for doing that. Yeah. Um, it also seems, you know, I'm looking around on LinkedIn and looking on your website. Um, you've built a really strong, energetic, vibrant team. Tell me about them. Yep. Well, I, I gotta be honest. It, it wasn't always like that. Right. Uh, I'd say we've been around for a decade and I would say the first seven years of that decade, it was all me. I, I had, I had help, you know, I had a, a, yeah. a strong, I had a team, uh, but there was the, the culture was lacking. Uh, mm-hmm. I think when a founder of any business is so inundated with the day to day, it's really hard to highlight that culture. Mm-hmm. But over the past three years, we've really honed in on what an ideal candidate looks like. And yeah, so we've grown to 12 team members distributed throughout the US. And everyone has some tie or passion to beer, but but also a strong accounting and tax background. And it's it's amazing when you combine those two, what happens when the it, it doesn't almost doesn't even seem like work. We, you know, since we're distributed, we're constantly meeting and checking in and pulse checks, feedback loops from, from the team. And everyone really enjoys working with the customer base that we've built. I think that's a testament to the ownership profile we go after. And I think that's also a testament to having passion for an industry over and above the service you offer. Yeah. I I was having this conversation yesterday, actually. It's, uh, you know, when you are, passionate about it, you're more likely going to, you know, do it better, um, put in more hours, uh, have a higher standard of quality, uh, in your work. And, um, you know, all of those things, I believe that the customer, they, they feel that also, you know, definitely, um, you know, it's not a sluggish standard run of the mill CPA firm where we're just doing this and that it's, it's fun. You know, you get to work with the brewery owners are a lot of fun. They're creative people. Um, they're all different types of people, right? Some are, you know, many of them are, you know, come from a science background. Um, you know, they're all different ages. Um, they all have different ideas. So, you know, it definitely keeps it interesting. Um, yep. That's cool to see. One of the things we track is what I call high satisfaction days. And anytime I get an email or validation when one of the team members is called out, we celebrate that because okay. it's, it's, very, it's, yeah, it's, it's very important to acknowledge that team member. And I can't tell you how many emails we get with uh, customers thanking us for mm-hmm. quick response time or helping them with a project that we set out on or 
what what have you. So yes, kudos. I, I could not do this with my team. I mean, I was running ragged for eight years, man. I was running really, really hard and it wasn't sustainable. So, yeah. um, and you have a family as well, Chris. I do. I have three children. Yeah. So, you know, you're putting, that puts pressure on them. You know, you, you try your best to not bring, you know, that attitude home, you know? So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a grind for sure. Yeah, it sure is. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a fun industry. And, oh, so what I was, I was thinking there, you know, you're mentioning about, you know, praising the folks, you know, uh, the one minute manager book, right. Catch people, instead of catching people doing things wrong, you know, catch them doing them right, you know, find people and, and praise them publicly. There's nothing that builds morale in a, in an office, uh, you know, more than that. Yep. I can't, I can't agree more. Awesome. And, and I'll tell you, man, you know, since we've had this team, building culture is, is fairly new for me. Right. So we're, I'm continually, continuously evolving what that, what that culture looks like. And, and so some examples of working with a distributed team, I heard early on in in the, the pandemic, right. Be intentional about remote work. So every Wednesday we do lunchroom chatter. We get together on zoom for 30 minutes. We're talking about Netflix. We're talking about podcasts. We just got a puppy. Everyone's laughing at me about a puppy. (laughs) As if we needed a puppy, right? Three yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, so it's a time for everyone to kind of let their guard down. We've done a couple of happy hours. Those those are harder because at the end of the day, I'm I'm scooting out to go help at the house. Yeah. But um, as soon as everyone's traveling again, we are going to host uh, an annual retreat that we do, nice. and that's just two days of fun. And what, does that take place offsite somewhere? Like, what do you guys do? What have you done? Uh, in the past, we've flown into Jacksonville, and we we have a a, pl- uh, a clubhouse out at, on the ocean, which we go and meet at, and we just eat, do brewery tours, do cooking classes, uh, drink. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's time. For, it's time. Uh, this year we'll probably go. We'll hike. Everyone's excited to see alligators, so I'll take them to see alligators <laughs> in the from, wild from a distance, man. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, don't, don't want to see those up close. Oh, no, definitely not. They're fast. You got to run zigzags. I know. <laughs> nice, man. Do you do you guys... You're in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. So do you have skunks in Pennsylvania? Yeah. We don't have skunks here. There are, skunks. We don't see them. We, we have raccoons. Okay. I guess they're probably like cousins. Yeah. But I'll, <laughs> I'll, trail, I'll take a skunk over a gator. <laughs> we have tons of possums. We have tons of coyotes and 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 I mean raccoons you'll see coyotes. them just chilling out in the front yard coyotes huh no uh not coyotes i think they're called a fox it's actually a fox it's a florida fox but they're they're long-legged they're tall interesting yeah so we don't have coyotes i take that back we have we have foxes but like hyenas no hyenas <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah florida we don't have any bears either every once in a while you'll see a bear i think it's too hot down here for bears interesting yeah all the fur i don't know there's nowhere to hibernate. No. There's no winter that you'd throw there's, off the whole cycle. There's definitely nowhere to hibernate. You're right. Uh-huh. Okay. Some, th- some things to think about. <laughs> yeah. The other day, actually, dur- during lunchroom chatter, we were talking about, they were laughing about the puppy and they were like, just wait till he gets skunked. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, you need a special like uh, solution to get the skunk spray off a dog. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? We don't have skunks here. They're like, oh yeah, it's a thing. This particular member is in New England. In yeah. uh, the Boston area, and she's like, they're everywhere. 
Yeah. I, I don't, I think it was like a myth. I don't know if it works, but I think it was, Hey, you're supposed to take a bath in uh like tomato juice or something. I don't even know if that ever is accurate, but that was what they used to say. It's like old wives tale. Okay. Take a, take a bath in a bloody Mary. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so on the puppy thing, our dog had passed in, in May, 2020. Um, and my daughters have been, you know, now they're ready for another dog. And I'm like, no, no, we got, we have a leopard gecko. Uh, I grew up with geckos. So we have okay. a little lizard. Uh, I don't have to walk it. You know, it doesn't need shots. It's just like, let's, let's enjoy the, uh, a little bit of simplicity before we start adding uh, all the craziness to everything, you know? Right. Um, I'm trying to do less. I always think, I think back to, uh, you know, with all your, you know, with your children and then getting a dog, Jim Gaffigan in his stand up. He's like, you know what? It's like having four kids. He's like, it's like drowning. And then someone tosses you a baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great line. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, cool. Well, so tell me some of the things you guys do, right? So you have a brewery benchmark assessment and what does that do and how has that helped your clients? Sure. So we really have two service offerings, right? We have the brewery business assessment, which I'm going to refer to as the BBA okay. for this call. And then we have the numbers powered growth. Let's talk about the BBA first. Okay. The BBA is, is exactly what it sounds like. It's, it's an assessment. We swoop in. We have a lengthy intake, which we will request from the owner we will do our work and and what we're looking at with the assessment is really five areas of the brewery we're looking at the financial health the taproom health distribution health operations and leadership okay within financial we are benchmarking you against breweries your same size primarily in barrelage and more importantly in revenue split Mm. right so taproom versus distribution and that data you're pulling, is that from the BA or is that from your own files? We've developed our own data. Yeah. Yeah, we've developed our own data with the, you know, we've worked with over 150 breweries in some capacity mm-hmm. over the past decade. So we have tons of data that we are putting together and we're constantly updating, you know, and, and it feels like we're just going deeper and deeper in down the data hole um, to refine that and get get the information out as, as, as best possible to make decisions. Hmm. So that's the financial part, right? We'll, we'll benchmark you and we will say, well, this is where you stand up primarily in cost of goods sold labor and a few other areas we've identified that really drive the bottom line. Okay. Uh, tap room. We're looking at a number of metrics that we've set up distribution. We're looking at metrics distribution. A lot of the talk happens around sales reps, compensation, CE goals, so it's a deep dive into here's what I'm seeing versus here's what's happening. Um, operations, we're also putting some of our, our, our benchmarks against the, your operations. And then leadership. Leadership's always the one that kind of catches them off guard because we want to know what leadership's intention is. Yeah. We want to know if they're even thinking about developing a formal leadership team, what the plans of the brewery are, what the goals of the brewery are. Yeah. And you know, I would say we've done probably 50 BBAs since we've started this a couple of years ago. Okay. And I would say leadership is, is the, is the most vague, vague area. Yeah. Uh, 
So could it be, you know, when you, when you do see the teams who have created um, the Brewers who created a strong leadership team, is it, do you have a, you know, maybe a back of house, you know, manufacturing team, and then they, maybe they have a front of house, you know, tasting room team, and then they kind of get together or how do you see them? The most successful breweries that have created these teams who, how do you see them formulating these? Yeah. So I would say the profile of a successful brewery leadership team would be, you know, the founder and then the founder has identified leaders within production, mm-hmm. tap room, sales, logistics. Okay. And really delegates down. Right. And is transparent with them. The, they, they, they hold, they hold, uh, um, weekly or, or, or some, some frequency of leadership team meetings. Um, and they're all working toward the, the same vision or goal. Yeah. Um, so, so it's almost, yeah, it's, you know, it gets, it makes it a little more corporate. Um, but you know, you need some structure versus, you know, just being willy nilly and going about the day again, you know, we talk about working on the business and working in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this gives them that kind of, you know, if they can back up a little bit, take a look at an organizational tree in a way, right. And create these teams. Um, I think that probably uh, improves communication um, and improves their process. And, you know, as you mentioned, probably makes them more profitable um, and efficient. Yep. Yes. So I would say to, to that point, really the leadership team needs to be someone that can motivate, you know, have some sort of accountability and teach the, 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 the people who are responsible to them. Right. And it's easy to create the leadership team. I think where it gets sticky is the next steps, right? The next steps after you hand out titles, right? Is this person really capable of the requirements needed to harness and, move the, move the ball forward, um, versus them taking the title and continue doing the same thing they've been doing over and over because they want it done their way or they don't trust that it can get, it can be done. And that's where SOPs come in and, and, and communication. And, and so it, it, it all kind of falls in, in order once you get the right person in the right seat. Ah, good to great. Fantastic book. Talking about putting the right people in the right seats on the right bus and, yeah. Sometimes you got to shuffle them around um, and, and all of these things, right. They make sense as long as you are, you know, being deliberate and being consistent with them. Cause it's easy to create these teams, create these titles and then, you know, do one or two meetings and then it disappears, you know? So I guess that's the, that's the CEO, you know, CFO's role in, in keeping that consistent, you know, clear. Message. Absolutely. Okay. And on your BBA, you have kind of two options, right? You have the flight, and the VIP tour, which is pretty cool how you've kind of set all these up, you know, with the brewery terms, right? You're talking the lingo of the breweries, um, obviously shows, you know, credibility and expertise here. So um, sure. just tell me a quick little, you know, difference between the flight and the VIP. So, so the, v, the VIP brings me on site, right? The, it, it's, it's same services in, in both. However, the VIP tour gets me out there for a day and a half and we will present the findings versus doing it over zoom and and okay. with the with the flight the, the you know the the presentation of it is is typically an hour and a half zoom call 
Okay. And there sometimes is follow-up work. There sometimes isn't follow-up work. It just depends on what the, what the outcome is of the, uh, of the assessment. Yeah. And you guys have been, you know, virtual basically from the start. And so did you have some sort of crystal ball that you knew that coronavirus was going to happen? So you were prepared, you know, eight years ahead of time? You know, we've always had the tech stack. <laughs> I, I didn't have a crystal ball. I had no idea this could ever happen. And I'm, I'm, I still kind of every driving into work, I have a 20 minute drive into work. I just go, what the heck has happened Yeah, with this? Cause I, there's no traffic driving. The traffic is, is next to nothing. Yeah. So I take time to reflect on, on what's going on in the world. And, um, but because I came from an accounting technology background, I always ensured that we had a tech stack so we could go virtual. We could yeah. be virtual. Yeah. And it wasn't always perfect. It, it's it's a, it's light years ahead of where it was before. But right now, yeah, I mean, I was uh, talked to some of our customers. We were doing Zoom meetings in 2016 and 2017. You know, that's just the way we 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 did things. And um, coming from an accounting technology background, it was very natural for me to set up those systems. Um, what advice would you give anybody who's looking to? you know, set up their own tech stack, you know, whatever, whatever business it might be. Are there any key apps or key software that you guys, that makes your life easier besides Zoom? Yeah. I mean, so if, if the breweries are, our preferred tech stack is, is really three things. It's QuickBooks Online, it's Ecos, and then Bill.com are the three pieces that we require breweries to use so we can, we can do our work. Um, you know, if you're a professional service business, you certainly need some sort of uh, CRM or, or client list. Um, we have a lot of technology in the sales and marketing side around lead generation and, and, and pipelines and, and so on and so forth. I don't think that really applies much to, to breweries because their customers are coming to their place of business or their uh, accounts that they're, they're selling beer to or distributors are selling beer to. But I would definitely recommend some sort of CRM to track the progress of sales. Uh, you know, we're a Google house, so we use everything uh, Google yep. um, and, and collaborate that way. Um, yeah, that's, that's really about it that I can think of. Yeah. Microphones, cameras, you know, obviously those are the obviouses, but, um, sure. Yeah. I mean, technology obviously makes uh, a lot of this, you know, feel local, you know, uh, that's something that, you know, I try to convey to folks. It's like, yeah, well we have a local, you know, insurance agent and like, okay, well you order from Amazon. Um, right. You have a, an iPhone. Like we're, as long as you have a phone and a camera or, you know, a computer, like we're all local. You know, we're all right. real time. Um, so that's cool. Um, let's talk about that numbers powered growth forecasting and, and what you guys are doing in that space. Sure. So the numbers powered growth is really the white glove outsourced accounting, tax compliance, and growth consulting service that we offer. And this is our main main package. Most breweries sign up with numbers powered growth. Okay. And what that does is it inserts us into the business as the accountant, the compliance, and the advisor, right? And with that, some well, someone on our team is is touching the books multiple times a month. We're staying up to date with all the tax requirements 
state and federal excise tax, annual tax returns. And the way, the best way to describe it is the team is really working at 300 foot level with our point of contact at the brewery. Then everything is pushed up to me at 30,000 feet. So I can review, analyze, and then have a huddle conversation with the, with the brewery owner. And those huddles happen quarterly or monthly, depending on a package you choose. And during those meetings, we're, we're starting off with financial talk numbers, and then we're moving into key decisions for that next period. Okay. I love, I love your website because, and and then, you know, when you're looking at the BBA or the numbers powered growth, I mean, it pulls up basically a PDF and it is, just simple. Everything is simple. Your, your website and your logo is simple and clean, you know, not, not simple in a negative way, but like very easy to understand. Um, I think that a lot of times when you, you know, when you're a business owner and you're thinking about taxes and accounting and, and, you know, legal and, you know, insurance, all those things, like it can get, it can get hairy. It can get convoluted and cumbersome. And you honestly, I like looking at your website, I have this like sense of calm, you know, almost oh, like a peace of mind, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. We, we had an identity crisis for a while because early on it was introducing myself as a, a brewery specialist CPA. I was immediately categorized into the the guy they were working with, the gal they were working with yeah, or any past poor experiences that they had had with the CPA. Right. And it wasn't until we really started crafting that message and that branding that, as you said, it became more palatable and approachable. Hmm. Differentiated you. Yeah, definitely. Tell me about the, you know, you have the onboarding here and actually is Josh is like your onboarding specialist here. So is this when you you bring on a new client and kind of get you, gets them introduced to the whole team and tell me about that. So, so Josh is not an, our onboarding specialist. We do have one though. Josh is our, our awesome marketing guy. Okay. Uh, Derek is our onboarding specialist okay. and we do have a dedicated onboarding process. It, it takes typically two to three weeks where we're having a series of meetings with the brewery owner to retrieve documentation, to align the software stack, to clean up the books, to align the chart of accounts to what we are used to seeing, mm-hmm. to get various pieces of the software syncing um, and that's critical to the handoff to the brewery accountant, right? The brewery accountant is involved during this onboarding process is showing up to the, the meetings, the update meetings is being made aware of what's happening, but yeah, it, it all falls on Derek to get it, you know, squeaky clean before the pass off. And at the same time he's onboarding, he's also starting the accounting process, Right. Yeah. He's also starting the accounting process. Um, it's it's important to note that, you know, with our services, we close the books each month. I can't tell you how many breweries I speak to, and they just say, "Well, are you gonna are you gonna reconcile the bank statement for us?" And we we do a full accounting close every month. You know, we don't we don't wait a quarter, we don't wait a year, because we need that data to get to the huddle. We, we'd be we'd be blind without the in the huddle, and that would that would make us look poor. So the full accounting close is, is, is important to note, uh, because there's, there's actually a lot that goes into that. Um, and 
we when we also get started, we we will perform that assessment, the BBA for numbers power growth customers. And that the assessment sets the baseline for those huddle talks. Okay. Yep. When you become like the guy, right? You become the specialist. People know Chris Farman, brewery CPA. You know, essentially, you know, they're doing, they're coming to you. They know you by name. They're contacting you. So, you know, there are things that you should be contacted for. And there are things that the team should be contacted for. And, you know, this just kind of comes in my business too. You're doing our best to, to introduce the team to the customer and say, Hey, listen, you know, if you need this task, this is your go-to person. You know, um, if you, if all, you know, 600 tasks were to come to you every day, I mean, nothing will get done. Right. So how do you educate your customer on who to go to for what? Sure. So once onboarding is complete, the main communication between a customer and our team is going to be that the first, the first line of communication is going to be that brewery accountant. Yep. And if the request comes into me, you know, I will tag that person on the email and, and we will, we'll, we'll, you know, take it together from there. Uh, Derek also does a very good job of in, introducing and incorporating the brewery accountant into that, that onboarding process. So they start okay. to feel the communication and the cadence. We also have Phil, who's a director of accounting operations, who's a rock star, he answers and, and takes a lot of the, he takes a lot of at bats for me, which, which I need right now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Especially with a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, man. So, I mean, you've worked with uh, over a hundred breweries and, and beverage manufacturers. Is that right? I mean, how many, what's your client list at? So we currently are serving f- 50 breweries and four distilleries, okay. but I would say over the life of the business, we've yeah. consulted with over 150. Awesome. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form. And how do they find you? Tip. So early on, we started, we had a, we had a strong email list okay. and we still have a strong email list. Uh, one of my creative outlets, since I went from improv to not for profit and governmental auditing was yep. content creation. Okay. And so we've been creating content for the past decade. As I say, your blog is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Um, I appreciate that. We we've spent a lot of time on that, on that newsletter list and, and really Kyle, it boils down to just giving the information away. Cause it, it, there's, mm-hmm. there's nothing that I'm doing. I'm, I'm not benefiting anybody harboring that information. So my goal is to disseminate it out and, and, communicate it as clearly and as concise as possible and easy to digest as possible. So it's relatable. Like it's, it's easily relatable. Definitely. So most of our, most of our leads come in from, or most of our communication and leads come in from our email list. We also do webinars. We do webinars for ECOS. We've done some guild webinars. That's also uh, a, a point of, a point of communication. Um, but yeah, th- those are our, our biggest, uh, those are our two biggest ways that you, you find us. It, I would say we, we, we dabbled with some Google SEO stuff in 2020, and we have generated a lot of leads from Google. Mm-hmm. However, it's not the same as someone that's been in our ecosystem. Yeah. The conversation is completely different. Right. It's uh, who are you? What do you do? Versus, hey, man, we love your content. 
we've gotten a lot of value from your content. Let's move to the next level. Yeah, they're comfortable with you already. Yep. Versus a stranger off the street. Okay. Awesome. Um, what, where else do you see kind of, you know, your next steps in this industry? Um, kind of continuing to do what you do and obviously just improve the process as you go along. Um, is there anything that, you know, breweries should be on the lookout for? I know we have this whole uh, employer retention credit kind of thing going on with the PPP and all that stuff. But like, what else should uh, the folks be on the lookout for? Sure. So we're, we're, in the, we're in the middle of tax season right now. I mean, we're buried in it. And while we don't do as many tax returns as a firm our size should be doing, the ones we're doing are complicated, right? They're, yeah. they're multi-state business returns. They're individual returns of owners. And to add to the complexity with this year, as you mentioned, there's PPP2 availability. There's employee retention credit calculations, so we've helped almost every one of our customers navigate that employee retention credit, which I was talking to somebody yesterday, not a client, but I, there's tons of money available. Yeah. It's now, you know, they, they, they just revised it again. I mean, it's, uh, you know, ever evolving and I feel bad for the CPAs cause you guys are in the middle of tax season and all these things keep changing. And then, you know, we have to refile and update and shit, man. It's yeah. I feel for you guys. Well, they just ex- I appreciate it. They, they just extended the deadline, the, the individual deadline to May 15th. Yeah. So they gave, uh, it's actually May 17th because the 15th is a Saturday, but they gave us an additional month to work through this. And I, I think the impetus for that was the, uh, the new laws around unemployment and what's taxable and not taxable. That, that's a big change and that, that happened. And then the ERC stuff you're talking about is more on the business side, right? So that has to do with payroll tax returns, most, if the calculation is done properly, that's handed off to Paychex, ADP, Gusto, whoever, to actually do the amendment. But 9.9 times out of 10, the payroll provider will say, get with your CPA to get us the numbers. So, and that's where we've stepped in and helped with that calculation. Yeah. Well, what I've seen uh, recently, I have, you know, I have a CPA who's specializing right now in that ERC, like they're, they're in the weeds and, and learning it and understanding it. And then also I have a payroll company that is, you know, connecting with the uh, accountants and the accounts are connecting with the payroll company saying, Hey, listen, you know, let's work together on this because there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of content and not a lot of the CPAs have the time to really dig in. So it's, you know, it's becoming a, a partnership, you know, work with sure. your accountant and your payroll company to get it done. They're, they're here to help you. It's a team effort. Absolutely. Right. Who's a good fit for you? What size company? Is it a barrelage? Is it a revenue? Is it an employee count? Well, who's a good fit? Yeah. So I would say that, you know, our ideal customer is a, a, a brewery owner. I call it the two dudes. It can be a husband and wife. It can be uh, two women. It can be two males. It can be a male female partnership that is doing over a million in revenue. Uh, hopefully barrelage between, you know, a thousand and 10,000 barrels. Okay. Uh, I would say of our 50 customers, 80% are between 1,000 and 10,000. And that last 20% is 12,000 up to 30,000 barrels yeah. in, in production. And so, um, yeah, just needing help with the, the back office and, and understanding their numbers and, and wanting to grow. Wanting, well, and that's, wanting to, I mean, that's the way to grow is to, is to let go, right? Um, yep. To delegate. 
you know, I, I have a sign on my desk. It says, let go to grow, right? Trust your team. Um, so that's what, you know, these, these brewery folks, you know, they, a lot of them started, Hey, I'm, I love making beer. I have another job. They're making it in their, in their garage. And then they go off and they start a professional brewery and they try to do everything at once. It's like make beer. That's what you do really well. Make beer, let the other experts handle the other items. You know, it's going to, yep. it might cost a little bit more up front, but over the lifetime of, you know, your business, um, you will be absolutely grateful that you have, you know, let go and outsource those items. Absolutely, man. Cool. Yep. And it, it's hard, it's hard for uh, an owner, whether it's cash flow issues or whether it's control issues, it really is hard to make that transition. Um, I, I, me being one and it's, it's taken me, it's your baby. It is. Yep. Your name's on it. The, and, and, but at the end of the day, businesses will die with the person whose name is on it. If, if there, if there's not proper delegation and development of team. I think we, we mentioned the good to great book before, um, with the buses and the people in, in the right seats. Um, I think in that book, he also mentions like, if you're, if your business is, you got a bottleneck and you can't kind of figure out what the bottom bottleneck is and what's, what's causing it. Um, it's probably you. So, you know, take a step back, you know, and that could be solicit advice, you know, from your team, like guys, what do you, what do you think is going on here? And, you know, they may not tell you, but hopefully you have someone there's going, you need to get out of the way so we can, so we can do our thing. Absolutely. Awesome, man. So you also have a podcast. Tell me about that. What's it called and where can we find it? Yeah. So after, after a decade of, of writing content, I've always wanted to start a podcast. Just the timing wasn't right. And in January of 2021, we launched the, the true craft podcast, which is a, I view it as a riff of hard knocks, you know, hard knocks, the yeah. NFL yeah. episode that comes out. So we, we find a resident co-host for 10 episodes and we take that resident co-host through a journey mm. of 10 topics. Alongside of that resident co-host, we also invite guests, brewery owners okay. to come in, brewery owners and operators. That's important. That's important to note. Uh, one of the guideposts for our podcast is a guest has to be an owner operator because we have so okay. many owners and we have, um, and so Myself and the and the resident co-host will start the conversation on let's say self-distribution. Then we'll invite a guest to hear their take on self-distribution. And we've recorded all of season one. We're in the middle of season two right now, and it's been a blast. It's been it's been a blast talking to various owners. You know, we first and foremost have reached out to our customer base, our past customers, to talk about topics that we are all comfortable with, but, you know, hearing from other, other customers or other, other brewery owners out there is just fascinating mm -hmm. picking their brain and getting into, getting into what they're doing to stay relevant. I love it. Okay. And we can find that Spotify, Apple, everywhere, Stitcher, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You can subscribe to the true craft podcast, wherever, whatever player you use, whatever subscription player awesome. you use. Yeah. And where can we find more about SB standard? Yeah, so you can go to our website, uh, sbstandard.com. And if you're interested in, in, in booking a call, you can click the contact and answer a few questions. And it'll give you access to my calendar. 
Uh, we're also on LinkedIn. I, I would highly recommend all the listeners at a minimum head to our website and get on one of our email lists because as mentioned earlier, we just, we just put all the content out there. There's, there's no reason for us to hold and harbor any content. So it's, it's valuable. Uh, um, it's enjoyable <laughs> to read. Um, you know, sometimes you get those emails and you're like, I don't want to read this, but this is, these are con, uh, topics that you can implement, you know, and like I mentioned, they're relatable. So I, I do highly recommend everybody hop on that as well. Awesome. Very cool. I appreciate that, man. Chris, man, I, I appreciate uh, you taking the time to do this, especially in tax season. Um, it's really neat to see you continue to evolve your team and like your process and, and your, your, how you mine for data. Um, you guys are very structured and, and also transparent, which is really neat. Um, you know, and that's from your website to you, uh, to your team and, and your podcast and just your business in general. So um, thank you for, you know, helping this community kind of simplify things, right? Make it, make it a little easier to do business and, and easier to understand. So, you know, again, kudos, kudos to you guys and your team, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. I've had really enjoyed coming on the, the show yeah. and look to have you on my podcast soon. Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. Well, enjoy uh, your day and uh, cheers, man. Thank you. Thanks, bud. All right, that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. I hope you find this valuable. Please follow on Spotify or subscribe on Apple. And while you're at Apple, please go ahead and give us a five-star rating. It helps us get noticed among the craft beverage community there. Thank you. Cheers and beer. Mighty. Things.